Hello, this is Titus, and my wife Stephanie is here with me. We are back in America. We made it back safely, and we have all of our children in our house. And so just laying that out there, if there's a, an abrupt interruption <laughs> or a pause that you notice, it's probably because our kids have demanded our attention. And we did warn you that we may never record again because of our children, because our life is pretty crazy sometimes. But we're going to try. So we ask for some grace. But we're but we did we did bribe them. We did bribe them a little bit. We <laughs> said if, if you leave us alone while we record this, then you will get ice cream at the end. So <laughs> we'll see if they make it to the end of this or not. And they've been begging for this ice cream since they last had the ice cream. So <laughs> like since the moment they finished the last one, they said, when can I have another one? <laughs> Welcome home, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, the gratefulness factor is something we're working on. But all you parents out there fully understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, this is episode three of our podcast, A L Slice of Humble Pie. Oh my gosh, you forgot it already. <laughs> it was the order of the words I almost forgot. Now we have to switch the title. <laughs> but I'm super excited to uh, be talking about this topic and... I wouldn't say apprehensive, but this one will be a little bit more personal for me. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah. And the intent is that it's not just personal for me, but maybe this gives insight to you and your pastor or you and a leader in your life, like a principal at your school, um, maybe someone on the board of education, maybe someone on your church council maybe even another leader, um, just to get into the difficult situation of a public representative or a public speaker or um, someone who's in the public ministry who has to have kind of an, of an official identity in a way, but also is a person <laughs> with a personality and a certain way of going about it. And with that public role comes certain expectations and... Uh, history um, with other people that have filled that role that may color or um, cause you to have certain expectations built around that position. Um, and then on the personal level, there's still a person in there um, inside of that um, role who has a personality of what he likes, what he dislikes, how he talks, how he behaves himself. Um, and just the general demeanor that that person has. And so in every public representative, you have this private person and this public person, and uh, some are more reconciled and some are very different um, depending on the role that they're in. Anyway, so th that is probably just confusing. <laughs> but essentially, uh, what we're talking about is kind of the crux of getting to know the person that is your pastor or your leader and how they tick. And if you don't know him in a personal way, how it can be very easy to misunderstand him um, or maybe assume things about him that aren't true. And the reason we bring this up, this was actually one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast. We were talking about um, a situation that came up um, in my own ministry and, and nothing too specific here because this has happened numerous times, but in 
recent memory, it happened where I felt, um, I don't know, very misunderstood or, or almost that like, how would you say it? So I would say it like this. So every church has, it's, okay, let's talk about our church in particular, because that's where we're at. And that's what we know best right now, right? We are in one of the oldest churches in the synod. And because of that, we have a lot of pastor history, different pastors, different ways of working. And also we have a lot of generational families in our church, which is a beautiful thing, both of those things. When a new pastor comes, the reason he accepts or declines a call is because he has to decide which call is are his gifts and his talents best suited for. And if his gifts and talents are best suited for one call more than the other, then prayerfully, that's where he will accept the call. And in this case, you accepted the call here to St. Peter's in Helenville. And your gifts and talents, the beauty of pastors over time possibly moving on and another one coming in is because it's one pastor's job to get the church from point A to point B using his gifts and his talents and doctrinally steering and shepherding the church. Then when that next pastor comes in because they prayerfully accepted the call, the divine call to St. Peter's, which you did, it is now your duty to take them from point B to point C using your gifts and your talents. When that happens, the members are sometimes used to a way uh, the previous pastor has done things. And not at all in any means are they incorrect or wrong because they're not. But now you come in having over seven years under your belt at another congregation. Now you come in with new ways of doing things or personally you work in a totally different way than the pastor previous. Now, when that happens, you have a church full of members who are used to something um, and they just take for granted that that's how you work. And that's what happened in this case. I think that would be the easiest way to explain it. Yeah, I think that was really good. And now in this particular scenario and in scenarios before too, you, we don't want and we don't like to see somebody hurting over something that was completely not the case. And that was what happened here. And you were extremely sad about it and that you just never want that to happen again um, if you can help it. So I think last year, when your one year anniversary came, you're like, I need to get to get to know my members. So you had every member visits. You had dinner with a lot of families. It was beautiful. You got to know them, what they liked, what they didn't like, how they liked to serve in the church. Um, but maybe they didn't get to know you enough or how you work. And I, and that's what we want to do today is kind of give, now that we are over two years anniversary, we want to give everyone else the opportunity to understand how your pastor works and kind of paint that picture a little bit better because this isn't just about Titus and your, as your pastor, but this scenario can make you kind of allow us all to reflect on our principal. Well, we just got a new principal. So your new principal coming in, he's going to work a lot differently than our old principal. This also relates to teachers. You have how many classrooms full of teachers right now? One teacher is going to work completely different than another teacher. And when your kids are moving to another class, 
you have to understand that it's okay. That teacher can work in a different capacity than the last teacher. Uh, Same with different calls, Um, council members, elders, all of that. So we're going to use a lot of personal scenarios dealing Mm -hmm. with Pastor Bilo, <laughs> because he's the one talking. And I think that that might help you gain a little more on a personal level how to see that full view using this scenario. So I don't know. Is that? No, I think that's good. Um, so kind of the heart behind this episode is hoping that maybe if more of you listen to this and and know me a little bit more personally and just how I work and how I how I think about ministry and just on a personal level about all of you that it prevents unnecessary pain or offense um, because you just don't understand how I work versus how I compare to a previous pastor mm-hmm. and you've had a lot of them um, so there's a lot of different expectations and these huge personas that were here for a long time and they did things a certain way and I do something different. Um, It's trying to avoid that being automatically assumed as intentional or um, something that implies something that it doesn't. So yeah, Yeah. that's kind of a good way to express it. And really just to like give you a little bit of context on that, this is what actually gave us the idea to ever do an episode of a podcast is like, oh my goodness, this just happened. We, how do we let people know all the things inside of your brain? <laughs> We're like, we have to record it or something because it's not something you can just like say in an announcement after service. So we're like, how do we let everybody know as fast as possible that these are some interesting facts about your pastor that maybe you don't know and maybe that will help you understand and uh you know, maybe you're offended about things and that might shed some light on how that's not what was intended. So here we are three episodes in and finally doing that. (laughs) Because it's kind of awkward. It is awkward. (laughs) I told stuff, I was like, uh, because yeah, and then I have to share a bit about myself. And I am so here for that. (laughs) Because I've shared a little about me, and now it's your turn. Yeah. Um. So let's let's see. Um. As we said before, we just wing these, so this is kind of just conversationally. Let's go ahead and start from. Well, let's just start from the scenario, right? Let's just talk about the church, the church's role, and a pastor's role. Let's start there. Okay. Um, this kind of gets to like the expectations of a pastor, (laughs) uh, which can vary dramatically. Um, I mean, even just think about, so the congregation I'm at right now, St. Peter's has been here for 175 years. We're actually celebrating that this year. And if you go into our basement, you will see pictures of, and I can't say off the top of my head, but it's, it's a lot of pastors. Some of those pastors were here for 20 years. Some of them were here for four years or less. Um, So there's a big variance. But each one of those pastors was different, had unique gifts and abilities. And some of them did everything in this congregation. Probably most of them did everything in this congregation, um, from visits to 
organizational things to ideas to all the ministry and Bible studies and that. And maybe a couple of them were trying to do things um, a little bit more in the partnership with members. And that kind of brings us to what is a pastor supposed to do? Um, when scripture talks about a pastor, it says he's a shepherd. The word pastor actually means shepherd. Um, and overseer uh, is another term that's used in the Bible, which if you just think about that word, overseer, it means someone who's just kind of watching over what's going on. Um, but really, at the simplest definition, what I was told is when you go into a church, what you are primarily trained to do is to preach and teach the word of God and to administer the sacraments. So baptize and um, administer communion um, to members of the congregation and prepare them to do that. That's my primary job is to do that. So to preach and to teach and to make sure um, people are baptized that are ready to or children that want to enter into the uh, family of God or their family wants them to and to um, prepare people to receive Christ's body and blood. That, that uh, as a nutshell, is the, the center of my job. Um, and that, I think, is pretty universal that every pastor here has done that. And that's, that's great. I was actually told when I first got out of the seminary, if you don't do anything else, Titus, in your first year of ministry, preach and teach. Mm-hmm. And, and they actually told me, don't do too much other stuff. Just focus on that because that's the first thing you got to figure out. And that's at the essence of your ministry. And did if you? you? If you do nothing else. <laughs> no, I didn't. Although I did think about that all the time. Yeah. And then when I got super excited about all these other things, I got super stressed out. I said, okay, Titus, remember, what is your ministry about? It's preaching and teaching and administering the sacraments. If you're doing that, you're doing your job. And that and yeah. that was so comforting to me because then it simplified things. And when mm-hmm. everything else got stressed, stressful or I felt I didn't do enough and this, this and this, I could come back to that and say, at least you're doing that. And that really is mm-hmm. what you're called to do. Yeah. Um, so now let's talk about. So so part of that was some pastors in the past, and, the, and we were not here, obviously. So we have not been members of St. Peter's while another pastor was. So we're saying this through word of mouth and what right. we've heard. But part of that, exactly. So what we've been told is that, or what was, I guess, perceived is that some of those pastors, I mean, there's a lot, so I'm not picking out one or whatever, but some pastors do it themselves a lot of the duties of the church and whether that be you know visiting shut-ins in their homes or all the admin things or gosh there's just so many um going to every single meeting that the church and the school has whether or not it has to do with pastoral things or not just doing it all because that's how they worked that's how they thrived and okay what we've been told is that there have been pastors that did that. And then um, what some members perceived from that is like, oh, I have to be very careful so I don't step on their toes, which... On the pastor's toes. On the pastor's toes, yep, right. Because he's kind of the head honcho. Yep. And, and, if gotta... he, and if he needs anything, he'll request that help. Yeah, because he'll take care of it. And if he doesn't, he'll he'll ask me. Yes. Specifically. 
So before we even get into what that should look like, or I should say not what that should look like because every church is going to look differently, but what um, and I'll just a church add, is. add quick too. like, don't get me wrong. I know I'm coming in post COVID. And before that, it was also said um, that committees and were much more active and very effective here. So I just wanted to add that in. Like, and they still are right yeah, now. Like, they are. They are so powerhouses. I, I don't want anyone <laughs> to think like I'm undermining. We're just trying to. By any means. Um, I'm just, yeah, trying to help my context. and, and Yeah. And how- and this this episode has nothing to do with whether or not St. Peter's is working efficiently as a church or not, because they are. I mean, we have amazing people doing amazing things, and you don't have to be there for any of it. You can serve the way that you want in those realms, because there's committees, and they're good at what they're doing. Yeah. And it's beautiful to see. We are not saying that at all, because what we what we want to really talk about I guess is um, where pastor is and how you can play into that and serve in your capacities that you wish to serve in and we want to make you feel as comfortable as possible to be able to do that as as freely as you possibly can so that's what we want to make sure you're comfortable with and we want to let you know how Titus works (laughs) I want to create a culture of permission I think that's how so let's get into your brain um, yeah. and kind of share how you work. So maybe what we should do is give them context because here's a congregation that you came from. Mm-hmm. And this happens every time a pastor takes a call. They come from a congregation. They go to another congregation, whether or not it's a similar ministry or not. They're completely different. Yeah, there was a group different, of different culture. Yeah, different cultures. Different leaders. D- different families, different leaders. Um, St. Paul had... Uh, amazing leaders and here at St. Peter's we have amazing leaders but they're still different people they're used to different things they work differently and you work differently than the last pastor so for context I think it would be very important to start with the congregation we came from was the first congregation you were at right out of seminary and this congregation was at a different point than St. Peter's we also did not have a school, so there, there wasn't even that aspect added into the, the game. Or yeah. a early learning center. Or an early, <laughs> so early learning center. Take away two huge yeah. things, half the amount of members. Yep. Um, and then what I would just add, too, is like totally different context and timing in their history, too. Yeah. I mean, they definitely had some prolific pastors in their time, too, Absolutely. who were very um, commanding. However... Um, just prior to me coming there, straight out of seminary, may I add. So I was a young buck too, who didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was coming into a situation where the previous pastor had passed away. and Super young. Yeah, he had come out of the seminary. It was only there for... I'm pretty sure he went to school with Jason. Two Friday. years or three years, yeah. Um, so Jason's age, right? Sorry, Jason, we're calling you out on this. If you, if you yeah, listen. his uh, <laughs> his nickname was Twinkie in in college. The pastor who passed away, a very super outgoing guy, amazing pastor, and late twenties at the time, and, maybe. Yeah, um, and he he really excited St. Paul's because they had had a lot of retired or semi-retired pastors so they really hadn't felt what it was like to have a full-time pastor mm-hmm. and they had a much shorter history than St. Peter's and so when 
Ryan was able to come in, he had so much energy and enthusiasm and ideas, and they were all so excited to have him there. And then he passed away. And it was like a punch to the gut. Um, but at the devastated, yeah, devastated. But and at the same time, he displayed such a confidence in the resurrection um, throughout his preaching, and especially in the short time before he passed away, that everyone, yes, was just like, oh, hurting from the grief of losing someone like that, but also focused on why we're a church. Mm-hmm. We're a church because of the resurrection and we believe this and that's at the center of what we do. And none of this little stuff matters right now because we just lost our pastor and we just want to preach that good news to ourselves and to everyone that we meet. And so I kind of came into that crazy situation um, and that vacuum. And, and during that time of losing, a lot of those leaders had to step up. And I think that's what led to me walking into a situation where there was a lot of amazing leaders who were taking care of everything in the church. Mm -hmm. And so when I came in, the expectations were really nice and low in the sense that I was a young pastor coming in, I was coming into a difficult situation, and I had all these leaders who had stepped up to fill this painful hole that existed, and they were running the ministry. And so... I got to come in in partnership with them and encourage them and to comfort them and emotionally be there for them. But I was really allowed to be whatever I could be. And they they let me grow. And I was very just like I could be behind the scenes and just watch these amazing men do things for the right reasons. And out of excitement. Yeah. And and I was kind of (laughs) just I don't want to say there for the ride. I mean, I was a part of that, but. Mm -hmm. These leaders were, I mean, they were taking the bull by the horns and, and making things happen. And you and, learned so much from and them. And I was the young guy learning from these experienced leaders, and I kind of just drank it in. And they taught me, and they they helped me learn. Yeah. So before, I just didn't want you to go on, because, yeah. because you're talking about that, I want to add this in for more perspective. So I grew up in this church, and we had... So a lot of times in congregations, what you find are families who have been there a long time. And we have that at our current one. Every congregation has it. Mm -hmm. You have families who have been there generation after generation after generation, which is the the best. I love it. It's faithfulness. It is beautiful. Um, It's just, it's an amazing gift to a congregation. Sometimes when you have that, the families that have been there for a long time, without the the words being said, they can stand up in council meetings and say, no, I have been here this long. And because of that, this is what's going to happen. Um, because I have history. And you young bucks or you new families, you don't know what I know. You don't know this congregation like I do. And you haven't been through everything that we have. So I'm going to tell you what we need. And you need to trust that I know what I'm saying. And while that information is absolutely applicable and important, we cannot, uh, that's not enough. (laughs) And unfortunately, that was the way that we we did have um, that happen. And so before um, Pastor Ryan came, we had a lot of retired pastors, so they were not full-time. 
Um, so in in that scenario, we unfortunately it went to these members who were very vocal and um, kind of stomped their feet and said, "No, I've been here so long, and I this is what needs to happen, and this is what's going to happen." And then everyone else would say, "Okay," and unfortunately, that's. And sometimes, not good. <laughs> right, and and the part of the reason it was not good is because sometimes their opinion, um, I mean, it could be a totally valid opinion, but if it negates everyone else's opinion because of history, because of age, longevity, longevity or age, or just being loud, mm-hmm. um, that's not the right reason to do something. No. The right reason to do something is because it's a God-pleasing, mission-focused decision. And so it's a different attitude. And for a long time at, at St. Paul's, it was that way. Yeah. And so and when this happened, it it was it was almost like we lost our pastor and we loved him so much. And now we're like, oh, my goodness. It, it just dropped our hearts to a level of humbleness that I can't even put into words. So that is a little bit of history of what Titus came out of seminary and joined is a a, bun- a family of believers who were like, I'm just so thankful we have a pastor and we love you and we understand what your job is and what your role is. And now let's get to work for the kingdom. Just give us the gospel yeah. and help us know where to go. Yeah. Um, and the leaders were just like, we're here for you and we will do whatever it takes. Yes. And uh, and that, just to give context too, so uh, there were several members, which there are in every congregation, um, who have strong opinions and loud yes. voices. <laughs> and the one in particular who was extremely opinionated in this congregation mm-hmm. was getting up there in years. Yeah. And I Before think you this whole situation really did knock him down. It humbled him. Yeah, because yeah. I think he felt not maybe just with that, but he one time said something to me. He's like, I pray that I never push you away. Yes. And in that comment was just this like you could hear the insight of him reflecting on his life and maybe sometimes saying things a little too harshly and strongly that he had hurt pastors in the past mm-hmm. or hurt the congregation because he was too vocal when you should have been listening to other people's opinions and especially to God's voice over just his own thoughts and and being more compassionate. So he said that to me. And then, so the funny part was I come in and I hear all these things, but this member is extremely loving to me and uh, super calm and compassionate (laughs) and quiet. And so like, you're like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Everyone was like, this is so weird because (laughs) this is not the way it was. So all of that just gives you context. Again, like Steph said, each pastor and person has their own place in history. And I was blessed to come in at this unique time and thank God for doing that because I am a delicate flower sometimes. (laughs) And that, you know, if he would have been in his prime, I don't know what he would have done to me. You know, like if he would have, at that time you would have laid down and said, young pastor, I would do to me as you please. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, I'm out or, you know, like, I don't know how I would have reacted, but God prepared. Here's the robe. (laughs) And then you think about how terrible of a situation I came in, like from an earthly perspective with Pastor Ryan passing away, like how God used that to 
prepare this congregation for me and then sends me there and the seminary says specifically to me, you need to go there. And I'm like, why me <laughs> into this situation? I haven't been through grief like that. But um, the president actually said, because you have a heart that can help. It, it was very yeah. moving to me actually to hear him say that because um, they help, they're in those call meetings, they hear everything every congregation says, mm -hmm. and he specifically pulled me aside and told me, this is where God needs you. And you after seven years of there, Sweden. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I had a totally different thought for my future. Um, but God said, no, you're going to go here. And little did I know I would meet my wife and I'll have all these beautiful kids. And anyway, have this congregation around me. So maybe move forward from there. But this is yeah. like some of a the context. context. Yeah. And then I had these leaders around me right. who really taught me. Um, I had some, you know, very experienced business leaders, like teachers, top, top dogs um, in just, biz, big companies. Yeah, who just really knew and, and former military, I mean, who are just generals. I mean, people who, in the words of one of them, he said, like, I, I basically helped rebuild Afghanistan. Yeah. I mean, like the one guy, one of my elders and, and, uh, and another teacher who taught for years yeah. and another member who was a member there his entire life who was just so excited about the gospel and the, and the so I, I saw these prolific elders and um, presidents in these roles who just really impressed me. But what they did during this time in St. Paul's to kind of broaden that horizon is they pulled you in and they mentored you and they are like I always look at who you are as a pastor today compared to when you came out of seminary. And it's like these men and these leaders pulled you in as their pastor. They trusted you. They respected you. They listened to you, every word you said. And at the same time, somehow they <laughs> mentored you and taught you. And it was so artfully done that I don't know how. And um, it made you the pastor you are today. And because of that, you trusted them also, and they did what they needed to do at St. Paul. And you doctrinally guided them when needed, but they are the church. The members, the leaders, they are the church. You are part of the church as well, but you are not the church. So when you came to St. Peter's, you had that under your belt and you didn't have the context then of St. Peter's. So now right. you're here and these members are looking at you to lead them and they don't know your brain and how you work and... And I think, no, I appreciate you saying that. And I think just even just as you say it, the context that comes to my mind is yeah, the expectations are different just in that. Like, yeah. you come out of the seminary, people kind of expect you to be green. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people here at St. Peter's still call me young. Mm -hmm. So I look great. But you also They call see you young. Me... They don't say you look young. That's true. Is that it? No. <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> um, but the difference is you... Well, and I came in like differently than I did in my last congregation because I was coming straight out of the seminary and I was constantly like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And 
and maybe this is my my own fault in this way I, fault well, i don't know if it's necessarily something no, I think wrong it was a good thing. but i came in here more confident mm -hmm. because i had seven years under my belt because i had these leaders and you because had i had mentors. yeah however here's the inside of my brain am i really that confident all the time no no do i always have the answers no um can i handle everything that happens do i get emotional do i get upset do I still like think about how I can do things better or um, am I leaving the right impression? Uh, absolutely. I am insane with that stuff. Like that's part of my, the craziness of my brain is I'm constantly second guessing. I'm constantly questioning. I'm constantly reevaluating. I'm constantly thinking about how you feel <laughs> and how someone else feels and how I feel and how everyone and if you feel that way should I be so I'm fighting inside myself like should I change my behavior because of how you feel or how I feel no because that's not a good reason scripturally that's just an emotion and I can't do things because of emotion but I feel like I'm bothering somebody or this or that as the constant dialogue going on in my head so my point is I came in here exuding more confidence and you see that in the pulpit and God gives me that ability in the pulpit because I come home and I say, Steph, that was a terrible sermon. Every single Sunday, <laughs> every single Thursday. <laughs> and so you see that. And I don't say this for you to feel bad for me. I'm just saying like, I come home and I'm like, I'm just insecure about it. He's a human. I'm a human. He's a and pastor and I, he's a human pastor. And I'm insecure in the sense that I hope that the message of God got to your heart and that there weren't other things in the and way. And that's all that matters. And a lot of times I feel like I didn't do that in the best way or whatever, or mm -hmm. that it didn't communicate the right message, or I'm hoping that it did. I just don't know that. And then that insecurity comes in. Like you said, I'm human. Because ultimately um, that's your job is to teach them the word of God. And the reason I bring that or we bring that up is 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 this. Um, so I come from this background where I had these mentors and now I'm coming into a situation where um, I am a little bit more experienced and the expectations are higher. Now there is a school, there is an ELC, there is an older congregation with a lot of great history, um, a lot of wonderful pastors um, that have been here before me. Um, a lot of wonderful members and longstanding um, um, families that have been steeped in the word for a long time. And, and you need a capable pastor to run that ship or to lead this organization, lead this lead ministry yeah. toward Christ, towards his mission, towards um, success. And when I say success, it doesn't mean numerical success, um, just to clarify. Um, but success in the sense that we are carrying out the mission of Jesus and staying focused on him. And we are serving the members that are here with the gospel and the sacraments to the best of our ability and doing that with compassion, respect, and truth. Mm -hmm. um, so that's success. Um, but as like I said, as I'm talking about this, maybe the misconception then is that Pastor Bilo's got it all under control. Because <laughs> if that's your understanding or that I've got everything, and I know that a lot of you know that I got a lot going on and 
that's one of the sad things I hear a lot of time. Like, well, pastor, you don't have time. You don't have time for this. You don't have time for me. Um, I know you are so busy and that. And then I always get scared in that because then I bet you there's a huge group of you out there that are scared to come talk to me that really need my help, need the gospel, need the means of grace that are resilient to do that because you're like, well, pastor's got a lot of things and, and he needs to handle that and he can handle it as long as I don't distract him. Well, I just want to clear that up. And this is part of the big thing with this podcast is just to say like, no, I can't handle this on my own. And if I've given that perspective because I seem calm and controlled in the moment, I just want to clarify, I cannot handle everything that's going on. I can't carry this congregation on my own. I can't hold the school together. I can't make the early learning center function better. I can't grow Jesus's church on my own. I cannot do it. I There's not enough of me. There's not enough energy. And if I try to be that person, I will destroy my family. I will destroy my mental well-being. And I will destroy you. Um, because I'm a human. I'm one human. And I cannot carry all your burdens. I can't fix everything. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the power. I don't have those things that are needed. I, I am not Superman and I'm definitely not Jesus. <laughs> um, and here, and so I guess the first thing I'm clarifying then is if I've given you the impression that I don't need your help because you told me that you wanted to help or whatever, and uh, I responded in a way like, oh, that sounds amazing or great. Um, but then I didn't follow up with you and you feel like that was me implying that I don't need you because you see me running and doing things. I just want to clarify right now, that's not it at all. I need your help. I need all of your help. And I love, love when you use your God-given talents to be part of the ministry because a pastor is the leader of a church. He is the guide of the church. He's the pastor of the church, but he is not the church. Yeah. He is one person leading a priesthood of all believers. Each of you is a priest in God's kingdom. This is the New Testament church. This isn't just about the priest. This is about all of you. Um, and I'm going to pause now because Steph's got something to say. Go ahead. That was very good. <laughs> the only thing I want to clarify, because I thought you were going in one direction and yeah. then I was scared because you said, I can't do that. Oh. I just want to clarify that when he says, I can't handle all of that, he is not meaning he can't handle your burdens in the sense oh, that yeah, you're yeah, yeah. hurting and you need your pastor. Because that is what he what he yearns for. He does, let me tell you as his wife, he does not end a work day as the pastor of St. Peter's very well and with little guilt if he hasn't served his members spiritually. So if you are hurting, you need counseling, you need spiritual guidance, you need whatever, that is what he is here for. So don't ever think that he is too busy to handle any of that. You come to him, you talk to him, you take up all your time. I'm fine here at the house. Like that is what he is here for. He needs, he is your shepherd. And that is one of the primary duties. What he, what 
what he's getting at as far as he's not capable of doing that is he is not capable of being the church. He is not capable of saving the school, saving the ELC, saving the church, doing all the admin. That is not, he's a human. (laughs) And in the beauty of that is that's not how a church is meant to be. That's not what God says the church is. The church is you. The church is us. We are the church. So when a member says, I have this great idea and in my heart, I want, I just feel so inspired to serve in this manner, but I don't want to step on the pastor's toes. That is not true (laughs) because what, what Pastor Bilo is here to do is guide you spiritually and make sure that this ministry is doctrinally correct. And when you are going to serve in whatever way that you want to serve, whether that's singing, whether that's starting a committee, whether that's doing a fun event, I don't know, it could be anything. You bring that to pastor and say, "This I would love to do this. And he says, that's a great idea. That means go do it. <laughs> he doesn't need to call you in a week and say, hey, let's see what we can do here. No, that means I want you to do that because You're the church. This is your ministry too. It's not my ministry. It's not, I mean, it's not Pastor Bilo's ministry. It's our ministry. It's God's ministry. And we are his little soldiers. And we're going to use our gifts and talents to do that. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and I would say just going with that, um, that's absolutely true. So I care about you and I want to be there for you in your emergency. I want to be there when you're down. I With want to be no there. guilt. Absolutely yeah. no guilt. <laughs> so please call me. Please reach out. If I cannot do it in the moment or let's say if if it's an ongoing thing, like, yes, I will pull in helpers. And this is where that helper part comes in. Yeah. If you know you're someone who is compassionate and kind, can just be there, can listen, um, has experience in a certain issue, like this is where you really come in. If you see someone hurting in a similar way, I need your help to be someone who can come along, someone who's going through that for the first time, and you can lend your experience. You can mentor them. Um, because I'm, I may not have that as, as much experience or um, ability to help in that moment. Yes, I'm spiritually trained, but that doesn't mean I necessarily have been through the same spiritual struggles that everyone has. And that's really where we as a body of believers have to take care of our family. Um, Like in the Bible where it says like one person's a hand, one person's a foot. Some people are the honorable part. Some people are the unhonorable parts of the body. But we all have a purpose. Um, It is necessary for the body of Christ to all serve each other. So your gifts, whatever they are, are necessary. And God says part of your faith and being part of the church is that you have have to, is a guilt word, Um, you get to be part of Mm -hmm. this church. You get to serve. And please don't think for a moment that you are not necessary. You are not a vital part of this church body. You are. And um, ideally, leaders can help you figure that out. But um, you also probably have some inclination of what you enjoy and what you're maybe not just what you enjoy, but what you are gifted with, even if it causes you pain sometimes. Um, That's probably 
the spiritual gift that God has given you. Um, and a lot of times that does come through pain and challenge. So, yeah. yeah, um, yeah that was really hard to like sum up in like, yeah, we in a kinda... very small nutshell. Here's what I will say about your Pastor Bilo. <laughs> he is extremely excited for you to serve and give your feedback and all of your opinions because that's what when we are sit in a council meeting and you guys vote and you guys make decisions it's not just the pastor it's not just the people who've been here the longest that have the say it's the church i don't even care if you are a brand new christian who's never heard of jesus until yesterday and you went through a big class and you are now a member you we, have a valuable you are ex you are the church yeah i don't care your word counts now, what I will say about Pastor Bilo is when those moments come where there is a decision to be made with the church and he actually stands up and voices his opinion, which isn't all the time. He holds a lot mm. of his opinions in because that is what they are, their opinions. But when it comes to his role as a pastor, if there is a doctrinal purpose to what his opinion, why he has that opinion, he is going to stand up and he is going to very sternly make sure that everyone hears that opinion. And and when he does that, nine chances out of ten, it's not just an opinion. It is fact because this is what is doctrinally correct. And I do not want to see this congregation go swaying in any other focus other than Jesus. And... I believe that is what, and that's my favorite part of you as a pastor, is that you, same as your family, any decision that's made is because, no, 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 this is what God says about that. And I'm not going to sway any other way, and I'm not going to not stand up and say that out loud. If you're making decisions because of a non-biblical reason, and you're shutting other voices out because it doesn't fit your agenda and or your history or how you feel like you should have a say then I'm going to stand up and put my foot down because that is my role as your pastor yeah um and just to clarify I am I'm not God himself so I could be wrong I just wanted to add that oh sure sure um, sure 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 and yeah. so I just want like to say that way like if I stand up and say something it doesn't mean you need to shut up and automatically take me as if I'm God however <laughs> if I do it's because it's probably because I feel very strongly that this is what God does say in his word and you're more than welcome to challenge me on that what I would just warn you of I guess mm -hmm. is that if you do or you feel like your opinion is correct be prepared to defend it with God's word because ultimately that's what makes us different as a church body and is what's so beautiful about St. Peter's yes. is it has a tradition of 175 years standing firm on the word of God. Yes. And unless we do that adamantly, we will lose it just like so many other church bodies. And so if I Especially... stand up and say that, it's because it needs to be on God's word. And there's a big difference between God's word and my opinion and what mm -hmm. I think God says or feels that's what's yes. ruined so many congregations these days because they say like well i feel that god wouldn't i don't care what you feel not when it comes yeah. to making decisions about god's church and what we do i mean i said that too strong i do care about what you feel but not when it comes to doctrine 
um, what does God say? He's very clear in the scriptures. Um, he lays out how he feels about things. And, and so if we're making a big decision or why we're doing something, we need to know from scripture why that is and not just our opinion. It has to be scripture interpreting scripture, um, not just me interpreting it. What does the whole of scripture say about this topic and what does that tell us about our situation? Yeah. Um, and that's something that people have forgotten about in today's age, especially in America. Just had some conversations in Sweden about that yeah. and um, a lot of conversations here in America. We I get mean, caught up in a lot of things, whether it's out of fear or monetary or business. We get caught up in business. Yeah, so we got to think like, is this me defending my reputation or my family or, um, you know, money? Mo <laughs> yeah, or money or just I don't like this or this isn't the way we've always done it. Or this is inconvenient for me. Just just clarification. This is a big thing that you'll notice with me, too, is if, if you say like, well, that's just not the way it's done. Um, I'm not saying that we should just throw out tradition. However, if that's your only reason for doing something that way, I will challenge you to tell me why we do it that way. So we've always done it this way. Well, why? Well, I don't know. That's just the way we always did it. To me, that's not a good enough answer. <laughs> and so I'll keep pushing like we, we need to know why. And maybe there was a great reason for it. And then it's very important that we know that reason, because in church, if we're doing something because of tradition, the reason the tradition was there was originally probably to point us back to scripture. And if we can't remember how it points us back to scripture, guess what? That tradition is worthless and it may even be harmful. So that's why I challenge it. It's not because I'm thinking like this is a terrible thing and we need to throw out all history out the window. Um, so if you got that impression from me, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. But I do want us to have a educated reason for the things we do so that if someone asks us, why do you do this in worship? Why do you sing the Gloria? Why do you do the liturgy? Why is that there? And you can say, because these are songs from scripture. We're singing the same words as angels and prophets and Simeon when he saw Jesus. Like now it has meaning. Now it has history. Now you're connected to the church throughout history because these are good and beneficial. But if you don't know that, we might as well not sing it. So anyway, that was just a side point, but it's part of the way I think. Yeah. So it's good to know. Absolutely. Same thing. Okay. And on the other side, if we're talking worship here for a second, um, a lot of people ask me, so are you just a contemporary dude? You know, like want to have contemporary worship? Is that kind of your thing? And my response to that too is, because you know that I play guitar and I like playing with others and do some more contemporary like songs, but I'm not a contemporary pastor. I'm not trying to push an agenda that way. I normally express it like this. What I want to do is express the gospel in ways that people understand. And in our congregation right now at St. Peter's, and this is true of every congregation, but especially here at St. Peter's right now, you have a lot of older members that have been here for a long time, grew up in the Lutheran church. And you have a lot of members who came from different churches, different backgrounds, are coming to Christianity for the first time, and maybe their only exposure to Christianity is Christian radio. Mm -hmm. And you have that huge gamut of people, and they all understand different things from the organ 
um, from the liturgy because they don't know it yet um, from contemporary songs from they're speaking these different languages um, and my hope in worship is that we are able to connect to them in one maybe two services in a way that they understand that yeah. ultimately I just want to make sure they get the message of the gospel and in their own minds, their own opinions don't keep them from hearing that because, oh, I don't like the organ. Oh, I hate the guitar. Oh, like this tradition. Oh, this is so not traditional. I don't, nobody knows <laughs> this song. Why are we singing this instead of that hymn? Or Yeah, and so regardless of what we do, it's just making sure that they understand why we do it so that ultimately what is preached is Jesus Christ crucified and risen and that everyone who comes into St. Peter's leaves that day with that message of Jesus mm -hmm. and that they are a sinner who cannot save themselves and they need Jesus desperately to save them. That's my hope <laughs> and prayer. And that's a direction I, I try to lead St. Peter's because I want that mission, yeah. which is our mission to preach Jesus and to convey that message. Um, sorry, that was a couple little tangents, but uh, those questions come up a lot. Um, kind of bring us back on track. Mel said, no, you're still on track. Okay. Um, so I, I think in a nutshell, what you just said, what we just talked about is as a church, we are a church body. Titus's role here as your pastor is to guide you and to lead you spiritually. It is your gift and my gift, even as his wife, to and my kid's gift and your children's gift is to serve in the way that your heart desires. And you can be as comfortable and feel as free as possible to do that without feeling like you're stepping on your pastor's toes by any means. And I say that, or she says that for, and I'm saying it too, um, for... <laughs> The leaders in the church, let's just start there. Like, leaders, I need you. Yeah. I need your experience. I need your history. I need... Um, and he values it. I need like no your one, like, emotional no. language. I need the way that you express it because I feed off of mm -hmm. that. I, I live off of that. And I need your help to communicate to people in this area. I need your help to do that ministry. Um, I'm one man. But if we unite as leaders and we're all passionately going out into our community and working together with our gifts to lead, I mean, there's no limit to what we can do. There never is on God's kingdom. Um, he invests in us the power to do things beyond ourselves through his Holy Spirit. So as we gather for worship, as we hear that together, as we do Bible study together, and I get to hear how God's word hits you, we empower each other as we speak the spirit to one another with um, our own experience of faith as we are living out the gospel in our own lives. I need you for that. I need you leaders to continue to mentor me. I don't know everything by any means. Every pastor will admit that they're learning. I am learning. I'm still a kid at heart. <laughs> and uh, yes, I have more experience than I did when I got out of seminary, but I'm not retired. I'm nowhere close. I'm still like. No and, one's ever reached the point right. where they're like. My dad would say the I'm same sad. thing. He's still <laughs> learning and he's seven years from retirement and that's retiring at 70. <laughs> so like, no, I need you. And, and not just leaders. That's 
like Steph said, the new members who have come in, yeah. I don't think new members realize how much power you have. You bring the most passion. Um, there's a beauty of realizing and clinging to that gospel for the first time that is so contagious. It's like it's like the faith of a child. It's beautiful. And you have such new bright eyes when you look at the ministry that help the rest of us who maybe have been in the church for a while see issues that we have. Um, um, complacency that we've allowed to creep in and calcify our hearts. Um, and you also give us just new ways to see faith, see yeah. our lives, see the opportunity, see the blessings. We just got to see that again in Sweden from a different group of people, just all the blessings that we have. So new members, you, um, and you probably don't even know how to get involved. And I would say just like, tell me or better tell someone else in the ministry and then if i say like that sounds like a great idea just do it yeah. like this is your community you can you can host whatever you want and um if you want advice i'm more than happy to help you but i'm i am very much like please go be the church you are you are a child of god now you are a citizen of heaven you have every right to talk about this and and and, and to play off of that this is why i know some people or some congregations are like no non-members in our in our council meetings or not council meeting voter meetings and i'm like no like first of all there's no biblical reason not to have them sit in on a voters meeting Correct? i'd say the only thing is like yeah maybe not directly At least an open forum right because right. what I love about a new member sitting in an open forum, um, and and are you saying new member or non-members? Because non before you said non-members, non-member, okay, non-members and new members, new members too, but non-members yeah. who are maybe thinking about it or just interested or curious yeah, or want to serve in some type of way, but they're not a member, but they come to our church, whatever. And I would challenge even during the voters meeting, hmm. even though they're not talking, to just hear. Because, and here's my reason. I'm not convinced that there is a doctrinal reason that they can't sit in and listen. And because this is uh, not private, correct? Okay, we can, that's not even my point. So we won't even go there. Um, I'm not convinced, but yeah, that's a whole, you're wrong. that's another conversation. Um, what I love about it, and we've had this semi-recently when we, when we dealt with putting the ELC at another location for the babies so that we could try to expand um, in the meantime, what I loved about having a family that was in that meeting, in that open forum to give us their feedback is because they provide us feedback that we have to, one, humble ourselves to hear. Mm -hmm. And two, sometimes when you are in a church for so long that you are a member of, you have opinions, you have relationships that are either um really integrated or maybe broken and our hearts are calloused in ways that we don't even notice and when you have the eyes from the outside perspective completely unrelated and unattached to any of those opinions and relationships those are more than likely the most pure opinions yeah well, and it challenges everybody there to be on their best behavior, <laughs> to, to remember be, who you are. To be honest well, and to understand someone's listening to their words. Well, that's what I mean. How do like, you sound? So, 
yes, honest, but also like, remember who you are. You are a Christian. You, in this meeting, you're not representing yourself. You're representing Christ. In your context of your person and your family, you're representing them, but you're doing so. You're at church to serve the mission of preaching the gospel, not to further your own agenda. And yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes when there's non-members and others, new members who are there, they're listening to you. They're watching you and um, mm-hmm. and why you make the decisions you do. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was really cool to witness. Um, and I learned a lot from having that family yeah, there that day. Absolutely. Well, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And then I would say the members that are in the congregation, um, maybe that have never spoken in a voters meeting are a little bit quieter and behind the scenes and do a lot of things that no one knows about. You are so valuable. Um, and your your voice is probably the one that I want to hear the most mm-hmm. because you are the one who is serving like Christ and no one knows about it. And really, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly the the beautiful service that God describes in the Bible, that humble, quiet service, not looking for any earthly attention, um, just doing it for Jesus. And so uh, first, I just want to give you a shout out that you are extremely important, whether I've said it to you out loud or not. And I apologize if I haven't. Um, I just ask that you give me some grace that I'm not always going to be able to make it every time. And I, hopefully you're not just doing it for my praise because then it's not scriptural. But the reason I'm saying it here is that God sees you and that's amazing. But I would love to um, hear from you. And and I am just very excited for your help too. So, um, Oh, you have a little know. note card there. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now just to see if, if I... If only I could read your handwriting. Um, one of the things I have written here is just that I hope you believe this, that... If I'm not talking to you or you think like I haven't had a conversation with you or you had a conversation with me, but I haven't followed up with you, there could be a couple of reasons for that. First, it could be that I forgot. Um, <laughs> I tell a lot of people <laughs> More this. More than likely. <laughs> that at the, if you talk to me before church or right after church, there's a good chance I won't remember. Um, there's just so much that happens right before and after. And so what I've told those people is please write it on a note card and give it to me because then I'll see it after the fact and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. They talked to me about this. So that's just the first thing. Like I may have forgotten. And if I have, I apologize. Um, another reason I maybe haven't revisited it is because I thought it was resolved. Like I said something like, that sounds like a great idea. And, and, and my thought was, um, they're going to go do it. I, yeah, I gave them permission to go do it. And so it was, you weren't waiting for me. But I realized that that's an assumption too. And so like, if that happened, I apologize. And I also hope that you go and do that thing. <laughs> because that I thing. want you to do it. And if you need help doing that, maybe find a committee that lines up with that and ask them to partner with you or become part of that committee. Because that's what they're there for, is yeah. to give you a, a vessel, a group to bring around you so that together your combined energy can make that happen so then you're not worried about it just being your opinion go find those other people and do it and if you have a committee that you want to have that's not one of the committees just start it yeah those committees are made up that's the best part (laughs) yeah and if you have a gift there's other churches like creed illinois was one that had called me in the past and they had so many committees and like even like dog lover 
group. Yeah, not too team. many committees. Like <laughs> it was just any group that just brought people together, similar interests, and they used it as a way to talk about God and share their faith. Yeah, and I hate the word committee because like what it is is so much more beautiful. We actually than what just committee. resolved in the last voters meeting to switch it to teams. Perfect. Yeah. I so because good. Crossroads talked about that too. So if that makes you feel better, <laughs> so go see a go team. find a team. If there isn't a team <laughs> for you, then team. find one. And if that team starts with just you and your spouse or you and a friend, great. Mm -hmm. And if you want some guidance, reach out to one of the leaders or myself and ask me for opinions. Yeah. And then if you need something specific from me, make it very clear you need something specific from me. If <laughs> you need me to write you a letter or that, just say it very clearly because I don't know what's in your head. And um, don't assume you necessarily know what's in my head in that moment. That That's another one of my points here is um, I will assume the best of you. Um, so don't think in my head like, oh, pastor didn't talk to me because he doesn't want me or he thinks that I suck or he thinks that that's a terrible idea. You don't know that. First off, I would say that's an assumption about me. Um, please give me the benefit of the doubt that I, unless I said that to you, that's not what I'm actually thinking. I, um, I'm so excited about people using their gifts for God. I am very quick to give you permission because I want to see you run with it. If you go astray and do something crazy, guess what? It's not going to send you straight to hell. God forgives you for serving and making mistakes. We all do it. I've done it so many times. And he'll it's use ridiculous. it for good. <laughs> he will use it for good. We can screw up everything, but he'll still make exactly. his Exactly. Like, I would much rather have all of us go out there and make a bunch of mistakes than all of you being too afraid to ever try. And that's how we learn. Yeah, and that's how we learn. And, and that grow. and that's my job then. If you start going kind of crazy, then I will step in and be like, um, just so you know, I think you're getting a little insane here or the little outside of biblical president here or maybe this will rub then i'll step in and help yeah um and yeah anyway yeah um are there times where there's certain things you ask sure and if you're uncertain reach out to someone on the council reach out to myself yeah. and like i said just be specific about it and or find the committee like i said that lines up but there are committees that are for you um, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough. I need you. Jesus needs you. This is your church. This is your church. Um, he doesn't need you. He literally created you for this. God, not me. Um, oh, right. God right, right, created right. you. Yes. <laughs> God needs you. He has made you his child and he wants you to serve. And um, I am so excited to be part of St. Peter's. I am learning so much from this place and from God. And I just, I pray that as we continue to work together, you get to know me more and we can serve God together and do amazing things. And I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on here and we're doing a thousand projects and we have so many more things to do. And I pray that you come alongside me and that we can run together and I can be right among you as this excited mob for Jesus who... Um, we're going to make things happen. Can I say one more thing about you before we're done? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> it kind of makes me nervous, but yeah, it should. we were doing really good. I should probably just pause it. <laughs> no, and no, say, no, no. This will be episode I do have to. Four. No, no, no. This is a good one. Um, <coughs> okay. Just so that nobody is offended. 
when you have strong opinions or something Titus does that might upset you or the church, maybe the church does something that upsets you. One thing that I feel you have gotten really good at and this is I feel like something that everybody should strive to do is that when somebody has an a opinion or a frustration and they don't tell you there oftentimes are passive aggressive ways to bring light to those frustrations sometimes we don't even realize that we do it uh, I'm saying in hu- humans as general is we just it's just uh, human nature to act that way And unless you bring those frustrations to Titus, he will give you the benefit of the doubt that you do not have an issue with something that either he said, he did, or the church said, or the church did, or a decision that was made. So in those cases, um, a lot of times we're tempted to gossip about it or talk about it to other people when really, ultimately, we need to strive, we are told to go directly to that person. So whether it's Titus, whether it is uh, another leader, you need to be honest and faithful in that. And you need to go and bring those concerns to the right person, not to anybody else. So as, as the leader of St. Peter's, I will, in the shepherd, I will say he, that's how he operates. And unless you tell him directly, he is going to assume <laughs> that you are okay. Yeah. And he cannot read your mind. <laughs> and he's not going to assume things because, well, he might, but you've gotten really good at that, right? You have. You've grown a lot. You've gotten really good at being okay that if somebody didn't come to you, even though you feel like there might be some passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. you're like, well, they didn't come to me and tell me that. So I'm going to assume that we are okay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but appreciate you saying it. And that goes and- for teachers. That goes for, uh, well, especially teachers. If you have an issue with your teacher in our school or your principal or a staff member, you go to that person. You yeah. don't talk about it to other parents. It you don't talk about it to pain. other members. You will um, hurt yourself. And it's you very much a sin to do that. It's um, not right. Um, gossiping um, and talking about that, that's, don't lie to yourself and say that's the right thing to do. If you haven't talked to that person about it. You're just going to fuel more frustration in your own body. And it's, and this church is made up of sinners, you and me included. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for any group of people to stay together. It doesn't matter if we're a church or not. And you all know that. So um, just keep that in mind that as we gossip or we we don't think about it and we keep running with these things and tearing down, oh, our church does this and I hate this and it's so frustrating and we're just all negative and just complaining all the time. Um, we can always find things to Yeah, just about. be careful with that because you're, you're feeding hate and evil into the church and it's to- it's, uh, like it's, a it's toxic and it's it's very cancerous and uh, one, the best way to avoid that because your feelings are important and if you've been hurt or whatever that's why it's so important to go directly to that person because then the most beautiful thing can happen god willing there will be beautiful resolution mm-hmm. um, because you'll be able to vent it 
And then if it was something they did wrong, they can um, ask for forgiveness or clarify mm-hmm. why something happened. And they're like, oh, well, I'm so glad to hear that that wasn't intentional. Or um, you just see their repentant heart. And then you get a chance to understand. And if it was something wrong, you get a chance to forgive. And in the end, you grow so Yeah, and then you grow closer. Close. You grow closer with that person because yeah. you trusted them. And then they trust you because you spoke to them. Same thing for me. When you come to me and tell me those things, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I give that as a shout out to not only the um, situation, the many situations of people that have come to me and yeah. said like they misunderstood or were confused or hurt and they reached out to me. I mean, that's part of the reason for this whole episode is because I I took that very seriously. Yeah. And I appreciated it because it was like, okay, here's a miscommunication. I I need to learn from this. I need to grow from this. And I need to make sure to clarify this so that hopefully we can avoid those hurts in yeah. the future. So I just want to say I'm super proud of everyone who has the courage to do that. And I pray yeah. that all of you feel comfortable to do that with me and your leaders here at St. Peter's. And I hope we can build that community in that sense mm-hmm. so um i think that's that's a lot yeah um, look at us but i think that Hour was that minutes. was a really good <laughs> talk and i like i said i pray that no one's offended by this podcast this was a really we hard try one. to we try to be very <laughs> blunt and like we said we don't script it for a reason um not so that we can make a lot of mistakes but also just so that it's like we're having a conversation around the table. Yeah. This is from um, the heart. And I feel like if we wrote it all out on a notebook, it would be very fake. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of conversations like this, you and I, after certain cer- certain events or, you know, hard times and struggles. And we've learned a lot from it. And we're very humbled by it because that's how we grow. And there's no sense in a bunch of people in a congregation being hurt when it doesn't have to be because maybe it's just miscommunicated or mistaken. And I think just for a big picture thing to close us out here, it's good to remember how how important we are to God in this specific moment in history. He has given us specific gifts for such a time as this. Like we are part of his church. We are instrumental. My favorite. Helping um, share, save one more soul and bring them into the presence of Jesus. Just think about that. If if we accomplish that one soul going to heaven, just think about the immense value that has for that person and for God. And that's why we're here. And then it's also helpful to remember that we are one piece of many in the kingdom of God. St. Peter's is one church of the Wisconsin Synod, and the Wisconsin Synod is one church body throughout a conference of Lutheran churches throughout the world. And beyond those Lutheran churches, there are other people preaching the gospel throughout the world, and all of them are pieces in God's great master plan to save those who are his. And it's good to remember that side too, so that we don't get too caught up in our opinions or too stressed if that if we don't get this done this way and and like, oh, then the whole church is going to... No, like I'm expendable. Pastor Bilo is expendable. Titus is expendable. Steph is expendable. We all are because God has a great plan. So it's good for us to remember we are essential. God has a plan for us here. But 
his plan doesn't depend on our version of events. And to remember, he is the one running the show here and we all get to be a part of it. So let's have some grace for each other. Let's be little faces of Jesus to one another. I and hope. use each other. Use each other. Um, um, I'm happy to be uh, a servant here and I'm excited to serve with you in this partnership of the gospel. So now you're going to have like a bunch of emails tomorrow saying, well, this is what frustrates me about you. <laughs> I know. I was like, welcome all these people to tell them how you really feel. And I'm going to have 477 people write me tomorrow, every single and one of our members. And if that happens, just know he'll need some time to respond. <laughs> yes. And that, that will take a toll on me because I'm human, but we will Get through work it. through it together. <laughs> we but, still want you to because otherwise that will fester and that will turn into something else. And that's not okay. Yeah. So. So. Before another tangent comes in for us, um, we're going to sign off. Yeah. We love you. Um, <laughs> Jesus loves you. And thank you for being part of the church with me. And we're so happy to be here. God bless. <laughs>